Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Third Shift. This is episode 104. I'm your host, Matt. With me, as always, is Eric, and we got a special show because we have not just one, but two special guests in the house with us tonight. I'm going to start off like we always do. We're going to go around the horn. Eric, how was your week this week? Well, my week this week was this, per usual, family, family, family. I went out camping this weekend, and we uh, brought up my brother and sister-in-law and my other sister, actual sister, and my mother. So it was a packed house. And Mm. as you can imagine, when you got a packed house full of family, all sorts of fun times and weird events start to take place. Uh, My sister once before said she hated camping to death didn't want to do it but then said she loved it so we brought her again this time and guess what she did she hated every she hated every moment of it yeah she did she hated every moment of it so you've got a sour plum just sitting there festering this entire camp out you know just like, i don't want to do anything man just sh- shut your mouth do it so awesome and what the best part is about the whole thing is at the end of the camp out about two hours before we leave, she's over here going, I'm never coming because you guys won't invite this person, this person, this person. And we're like, we invited you. You know, that's why we invited you. Just, just relax. I'm never coming again. Yeah. All right, that's fine. You don't have to. <laughs> and then right as we're about to leave, you know, I'm saying goodbyes, giving hugs and everything. She goes, oh, I had such a great time, Eric. I can't wait till next time. And I'm like, oh no, there, 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 is, there is no next time. There is no I can't next wait for the next time I told you I would never come to. Yeah. I'm like, you are bipolar and you're insane. It runs in the family and it's sad that I see it from you. It's, oh, gosh, bless. But beyond that, the biggest thing in my life right now is World of Warcraft. Battle for Azeroth has launched. I've been in that game and uh, every pore of my body and soul needs to be inside of there playing. Okay. And being an adult with family, children, it's not allowing me to fulfill that need. And it's very sad. (laughs) So beyond that, that's been about it for me. What about you, Matt? Matt, you're on. Oh, well. Ah, we got we to save, we gotta save, gonna go. we gotta save the guests. You know, it's a mystery still. You haven't even announced names yet, so we're, oh, we're going to be true. super totally mystery, mystery here. Shut your no mouth, Danny. <laughs> if you keep on talking no, and giggling. No, you spoiled it. Stop it. No, the suspense is definitely killing me. Dang it. <laughs> uh, well, as for me, of course, I have part two of Uncle Matt's vacation travelogue. Just one last little day of vacation to talk about. We were up in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan and did a Sioux Locks boat tour. So that was pretty cool seeing, you know, how the locks worked going up. Like, I think it's 21 feet from the Lake Huron side to the Lake Superior side and then back down again through the Canadian locks. Pretty cool stuff. And then there were, I think, at least like three or four full, like, you know, 1,000-foot cargo ships in there with you too. So it it was just crazy seeing not only like how enormous these things are with like a crew of like 30 people for this giant thing, but then seeing the way that, you know, they got to come all the way up Lake Huron, sit in the lot, get lifted up, go back through Lake Superior, and then around to pick up their stuff, and then back and do it again. So that was pretty cool. Then went and saw two. They had another. It was kind of about half size, maybe like a 500 footer in dry dock that they made into a big museum, all about cargo ships and you know the whole lock area. So that was pretty cool. And then ever since I've been back, just been 
wishing I was still on vacation, just back at work, mm-hmm. having a, just a grand old time. Uh, I did get get back into Danganronpa, another episode, Ultra Despair Girls, a little bit tonight. Been having some fun with that. But other than that, I haven't been playing much, haven't been doing much, just trying to get back to being home, back in the normal way of things. But next up, I guess we'll do special guest number one, the most familiar voice to the show. <laughs> what about you, Danny? How's your week been doing? Uh, yeah, it's been it's been good. Uh, just the normal stuff, hanging out with my little one and working, listening to people being annoying and having a really hard time transcribing anything they say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, other than that, I actually beat Danganronpa 1 this week. And it was pretty awesome and left me with a lot of questions. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I just started Danganronpa 2 today. So hopefully that answers some questions for me. Um, other than that... <laughs> I'm enjoying answering none of your questions at all, by the way. I know, you're such an <laughs> 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 So yeah, yeah, that's all I, I've been up to this week. So... So why don't we find out from our second mystery guest what he's been up to this week? Well, I'm going to introduce a second. I'm going to introduce him. Should I say my name yet? No, not yet. Here we go. Here we go, Joe. (laughs) Oh, I spoiled it. Damn it. What did you do? What did you do? I'm going to introduce the illustrious, the glorious, the magnificent Joe King from Gearbox. Oh, yeah. I am super illustrious, aren't I? Wow. (laughs) I hope you feel better. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, no, my week has been good. We launched a game last week. We published a game. So uh, it's been busy. It's been really busy. Uh, I've been getting to watch a lot of people play it and stream it and mm-hmm. make YouTube videos about it. And that's been a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, cool. it's been good. Been a good week. Well, fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, I've been, I've been looking forward to getting my hands on it. I haven't had a chance yet just because, like I said, the whole settling in thing. But I definitely caught up on the uh, release day stream that you guys did. I noticed that was... Yeah. Pretty cool because you guys had the whole like multi-camera setup now. This yeah, time. yeah, we have a new setup now. It's a, it's a, it's such a blast, and, and we're not we're not even done in our stream room yet. There's a lot that we want to uh, still do in there, so it's uh, nice. it's been exciting to you know get to incrementally do little bits, and we were we were pretty proud of how that turned out, and pretty excited about you know where we're headed with the stream. So it was it was fun. Now, is that something you guys have been planning on doing, like bulking that up for a while now? Because I know the first few streams you were doing was kind of the single cam, everybody on the couch type of deal. Yeah, we did a lot of streams like that. In fact, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, when we started doing the streams and I was still doing community and I was hosting the streams, thank Mm -hmm. God we got Elisa, by the way. I know a collective (laughs) sigh of relief went through the community when she came on. But uh, yeah, I mean, we started out doing that one cam setup and then just gradually, um, you know, we've been allowed to sort of you know, make improvements where we can. And Elise has mm-hmm. been amazing, of course, about heading that up and, you know, deciding what we should put in the room. And, uh, you know, Stream Master Sean, of course, behind the scenes mm-hmm. has been a huge help in that too. Um, I kind of mainly in that department have just sort of like been sitting back and, hey, if you need something from me, just like yell at me or throw <laughs> something at me and, I, and I'm on it. So uh, nice. it's been fun though. Yeah, we're, we're loving the setup and we're excited to see where it goes. Yeah, I would just add in that I definitely do enjoy how you guys got that whole split cam thing set up real nice, where you had compulsion yeah. games just pop on. It went real smooth. Everything was yeah. right there. Was that's uh, that's all Sean, man. Sean Sean's a wizard with that stuff, like making the overlays. And I mean, you know, he I, I've been making an active effort to learn the tech in there a little bit more, you know, just for you know redundancy's sake. And uh, 
man, he just has everything so set up that it's like, uh, I could just use the basics, man. You know, like how does, how does this work? You know, and he's like, well, I have this set up when I push this button, confetti rains down and all the lights flash. And I'm like, whoa, that is way out of my league, you know? So it's been pretty cool. It's, it's really cool. The stuff that he's able to do, uh, you know, just with the tech side of things and the overlays and the, uh, you know, little tricks like he, he got this app called touch OSC where you can make your own, um, iOS, um, touch interfaces, basically like it's an iPad app where you can make interfaces that have buttons and sliders and dials and all kinds of stuff. And he made one for switching the cameras. Wow! Like it's oh, just nice. like, yeah, it's, it's really cool. So, uh, so yeah, we're, we're lucky to have him helping us out, but yeah, it's a pretty good, pretty good operation so far. And we're hoping it's just going to get better. Well, yeah, definitely. I will yeah. say uh, you got to be careful with that whole switch cam thing, though. You got to make sure you're not picking your nose. You don't <laughs> you do anything do. unwanted. You, you know? really do. Yep. You really do. It, for somebody like me, it's kind of stressful. You know, not that I pick my nose a lot, but just because I'm worried about what stupid thing I might be doing when the camera pops on. It. You know? <laughs> it's like, just kidding. I don't know. Your right eye's just wandering off, you know. It's just wandering, yeah. That, yeah, you know me. That tends to happen. The right eye is not stable, exactly. so we have to, you know, we have to really hope that when, when, when camera three comes into play or camera two or whatever it is, I can't remember which one was focused. on me, but yeah, yeah. In every sense of the word, in every sense of the word, yeah. I definitely know the stress right now because now that we have a guest, it's, I have to like put on a decent shirt and make sure there's <laughs> nothing. My my door looks okay. You know? Yeah, your door looks great, man. That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. it's a beautiful door. Awesome, thanks. <laughs> yeah, you know, so you really good. are getting the royal treatment, Joe. Because usually, yeah. first off, Matt's over here, and there's like this giant shadow. So all you see is the black yeah. black bat, black mat. You know, that's all you see. Witness, you know, the witness thing going on. Yeah. Usually we're in dirty old white Hide his identity. <laughs> Hide his identity. And and I usually don't even have the nice camera set up i use my laptop one so i look like i'm playing like on a sega cd fmv over here oh yeah perfect <laughs> you're like aren't you that guy from sewer shark wow crazy exactly <laughs> perfect hi i'm mad mm. i know i've seen you before <laughs> flying through the sewers killing sharks killing i don't remember sharks. even what, what really the thing was with the game. i don't remember what the thing with sewer shark was i just remember sewer shark came out and me and all my friends were amazed <laughs> You know, it was mm-hmm. like, there are real people in this video game. It's like there's a movie, and there's, <laughs> oh, my, oh, like our oh, minds wow. were blown. It was amazing. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> so, well, of course, this show is all about you, Joe. I mean, you know, we want to we wanna start from the beginning. We want to start from when you're in diapers. All right. Okay. I want to. I want to know what the first doll. It was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, but we will. We do want to start early. We want to start off like, basically, were you into gaming back yeah. in the day? Did is that something you grew up with, or did you come on later to it? Uh, it was kind of both, actually. Like, um, I was of course really into video games when I was a kid, and even all the way up through high school. You know, like I remember I was in high school when. Uh, uh, I might date myself a little here, but that's okay. Uh, I was in high school when Ocarina came out, mm-hmm. and I was dating this girl at the time, and and she, her mom bought us a Nintendo 64 to just mess around with, and Ocarina came out, and I became completely obsessed. <laughs> and uh, and to this day, that's one of my favorite my favorite games of all time. And uh, so yeah, I mean through you know through high school, I was pretty good and everything, and then it was weird. Like after high school, I kind of I guess you could say I deviated away from games quite a bit. I was playing music at the time, and I was just more interested in that. And yeah. then around around 2009, 
uh, I went over to a friend's house and his stepson was playing a little game by the name of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. And I thought, huh, this looks kind of fun. And I went right down the Call, the Call of Duty rabbit hole like, and dr- I just nice. drowned in it. It was amazing. And uh, yeah, so I mean, that, that gradually sort of got me back around, you know, and I bought some, you know, once I was back in it, I was back in it and I bought consoles and, you know, started playing stuff again and it was good. And um, so, and then, yeah, you know, obviously now I'm still very much into, into gaming and it's a big part of my life and uh, what I do and, you know, all that. It's, it's funny, like I never really had aspirations to be in the game industry, to be honest with you, just kind of like it just kind of happened somehow. Like, um, <laughs> and I've, I've heard that a lot with people that do community related or have done, you know, I don't do community anymore, but when I, st- I started out doing community and, uh, in those types of roles, people sometimes just sort of like fall into them, you know, and it's really weird. So that's, I guess you could say that sort of happened to me. So I was wondering now you fell into call of duty and my brother would demand that I say this. You fell into the wrong camp because battlefield is way better. Okay. Just, just I just can't do battlefield. It's uh, too, it's too big, you know, like battlefield for me and for my brain that's riddled with ADHD. It's, it's too much, you know, it's, uh, I, this too, I love the idea that there's so many tactics and strategy and all that, but it's like, I, I can't pay attention long enough to, you know, nor am I, nor am I a good enough player to make it up, the battlefield to where the battle is happening without getting sniped in the head. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> every time that's you my run it back, problem. you're just dead halfway there. I'm that's never my biggest problem. Yeah. <laughs> At a certain point, you're like, I know I shouldn't be sprinting into these open areas, no. but I mean, <laughs> who cares? You know, I don't care anymore. You, know? but so. you should if you don't want your head blown up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes you yeah. just want to run down the hallway and knife a dude. And Call exactly. Of Duty is perfect. And that is, exactly. Right. Yeah. Call of Duty is perfect. And I remember that too. There was the mo- there was the time where the where knifing guys in Call of Duty. Uh, I think they call them knife monkeys. And I <laughs> love doing that, man. That was just was like, me. wasn't that fun? Wasn't that a blast? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was so much fun. Just I was uh, I was so sad when I picked up. I usually do Call of Duty maybe every two years, and I'd pick yeah. it up, picked up the next one, and it was completely gone. And I was just like, yeah. well, I can't play this anymore. I got to learn how to shoot. What? No. Yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, now that I think about it, I haven't really played a. I haven't seriously played a COD game since like Black Ops Two, maybe maybe Black Ops mm. Three, but I think it was Black Ops Two that I really got into. That was the last one. And uh, my brother-in-law actually, my wife's brother actually. Uh, works on call of duty so i need to yeah i need to hit him up and be like oh hey man by the way uh throw some knife monkey action back in that back in that baby would (laughs) you see what i can do for us (laughs) nice nice yeah yeah call of duty is just too twitchy for me i've never been able to get into it because it's fast paced and i'm slow and dumb so i have to be able to think about what i'm doing and ponder it and of course in call of duty you're dead that just doesn't yeah, happen. Exactly. You can't instantly go. Psh. That's the thing for me too. Is just my reaction time is not all that great. So I am mm. a very average player, and and but I'm also pretty competitive. So it mm. bugs me being as average as I am. So at a certain point, I just was like, I'm not going to play this anymore. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you know, I just kind of like moved on to other things. I think honestly, I think I discovered Borderlands, and that's really what killed my Call of Duty obsession. Was mm. I discovered loot games, and I was like, Oh no, no, this is where I live now. And that's, this is good. That's so. exactly what happened. We got into Borderlands, Borderlands yeah. Two. Gears of War, yep. of course, and, yep. and then after that was all then Destiny, and I'm like, I don't, I don't need yep. you, freaking PvP games. I don't care. I'm yep. good. I don't need you. <laughs> well, and I actually play a lot of Destiny, and uh, I, one that's one thing I like about Destiny is that I can play PvP is there if I want to play it, which I don't really usually ever want to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but if there's like a if there's like a challenge or a mission or something I need to do, then I will. Um, but uh, I like I love the PVE side. So you know, if you want to play PvP, it's there. But then you also have this really rich PVE world that you can spend a lot of time in and not really get bored. So mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Yeah, I find that my friend dynamic always dictates we end up in PvP because they've got a three man group. And then whenever I come yeah. on, they're like, hey, join us up. And I'm like, yeah, but I kind of want to do some Nightfalls or Strikes. And they're like, well, nope, because yeah. there's four of us, so we're going to go do PvP. So I'm forced to <laughs> PvP all the damn time. <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of do that to, you know, guys in our clan sometimes. They'll, they'll pop on expecting to do Nightfalls or grind something. And then it's like, oh, hey, we're going to do PvP because it's Iron Banner or it's something else. And then they're like, yeah, okay, that's cool, I guess. And you can tell they didn't log on mm-hmm. to play pvp but whatever <laughs> but you're with friends and you're like ah, eh, whatever I'll yeah yeah it. exactly until i get too angry and then i'll say i gotta go exactly. to bed it's fine <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so you were briefly mentioning of course you grew up with gaming and then uh from there you moved to music and of course i did a little bit of stalking and i saw on your linkedin <laughs> that you uh you know you got a degree in arts etc and then you moved into doing actual music and producing or whatever that was there well, uh, what I yeah, what I did was uh, I, actually funny enough. Uh, I have I have way more good music stories than I do gaming stories. Mm-hmm. So one of these days, if you guys want, I'll come back on and we'll just do like a music related podcast. But, um, but uh, yeah, no. So what I did was it was called production running, mm-hmm. and basically, um, I basically that's like the lowest rung on the touring totem pole. Um, it's literally the person, the runner is the person that runs the errands. That's why you're called the runner. But that was fine with me. I didn't really care about like the hierarchy of touring or anything like that. It didn't matter to me. It was a cool gig because it paid pretty well. And um, at the time that I started doing it, I was also a freelance photographer. So it was really awesome to sort of like fill in the income gaps. And plus like I must have done, you know, I mean, a hundred or more gigs, you know, something like that. Like I did a lot of them. And yeah, it's like the story. So there were there were times where the stories alone were worth it. I almost was tempted to just be like, you know what? I went and picked up medication for Ozzy Osbourne today. You don't really need to pay me because this day is just weird <laughs> enough. Like it's fine, you know. Of course, I never wow. said that, but yeah. So it was. It, that was a pretty cool thing. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Well, see, I saw you said Ozzy Osbourne on there, and I've been to several Ozfests, and you know, and then I've seen yeah. a couple of his tours. And of course, when you watch the show the old Ozzy Osbourne show, he looks like a literal crackpot, you know, just out of his rocker. (laughs) And I can't speak for him in real life, except for to say I've seen him multiple times in concert, and on stage, the man knows what he's doing. He's handling business. And so it's always that weird disconnect for him in particular, because in in the show, like I said, he I don't don't know where he's at, but on stage, he was singing (laughs) perfect, every pitch was right there, he was engaging the crowd, having a blast, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw. I actually saw Black Sabbath once, which was pretty cool. And yeah, same impression for me. He was. There's a reason he's one of the greatest frontmen of all time. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's still. He's slowed down quite a bit in his age, of course. But yeah. who wouldn't, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think you you live that life long enough, and you're going to slow down <laughs> yeah. no matter who you are. I th- I think the one exception to that is Keith Richards. I'm still I'm still convinced Keith yeah. Richards is actually dead in the lab somewhere, <laughs> and this is just some copy that they keep like 3D printing a copy of Keith Richards and sending him out into the world somehow. Paper machine but, uh, for two shows, and then they got to recycle them. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Hey, print another Keith and send him to us, would you? You know, he's in the mail, he's in the post. You know, it's like and the tanks shows and we up have and they a few paper machine. Exactly. Yeah, they fire him 
up. They go. fire him up, and then okay, go play, go play. Push, push him out of there. Uh, Listen, love, he's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I have to say, I think I'm going to really regret doing that British accent when I listen back to this. So it's gonna, that should be fun. No, it'll be fine. It'll, it'll be, be fine. fine. Once be again, fun. I regret a lot of things. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, we've done a lot worse accents on the show. Yeah, probably, probably offended many people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then if I can't I can't move on until we talk about my idol, uh, the one I love the most, Justin Timberlake, "Crimea River." Okay, mm-hmm. his songs yeah, are I think incorporated I into our lifestyle, once. and it says that you've worked yeah. with him before. So I was gonna, I was going to ask you, did you actually get to talk to him at all, or you know, no. grovel at his feet Aww. or anything? Oh man, no. Um, <laughs> so. So, like, in that situation, like, it would be considered really unprofessional to, like, go up and really talk to anybody. Yeah. Like, but having said that, unprompted, that would be unprofessional. But there were plenty of times that I got to hang out with the artists and actually got to know them a little bit. Like, Nickelback comes to mind. Nice. Um, Hmm. Those guys, like, everybody rags on their music. And it's not great, but the thing about them is number one, they're they are really genuinely nice guys. I mean, they're Canadian, mm-hmm. so no, that, that, that doesn't hurt. Yeah, go. <laughs> but they also they're smart songwriters because they know who they're writing for. Like I think they know that I think they see you know in the pop culture lexicon that people rip on them. I mean you know, but I think they know who they're writing for, and they don't really give a shit about that. You know, like they're like, mm-hmm. well. We write these songs. These people listen to these songs and buy these records, so we're going to keep doing us, you know, which that's really cool. Uh, and then uh, another one that comes to mind is St. Vincent. She was really super cool, too. Yeah, that yeah. one I have no idea. I've never heard of St. Vincent. Lost in the mm-hmm. sauce. Yeah, she's a she's an artist that has kind of a, I guess you could say, like kind of a avant-garde kind of thing going on. I wouldn't even really know who to compare her music to. I mean, maybe the first thing that pops in my mind is maybe the talking heads. Uh-huh. Like she, okay. she's kind of like the talking heads, the David Byrne of our age, I would say. Awesome. Awesome. Do you still dabble yeah. in music today or? I kind of don't like I'm in this room where there's like all these guitars and amps and stuff. And I don't really play that much. I really don't like, I'm not really sure why that is. It's kind of funny that you asked me that because it's sort of this, like it's sort of this thing I've been kind of struggling with in my mind uh, as of late. But, you know, it sort of comes down to me that, like, it's it's just been a hobby for me for years now. I haven't really done it in any remotely professional sense in a long, long time. And, uh, you know, right now, like, I don't know. I think I'm just kind of not – I'm not feeling it, you know. So it's not something I want to force myself mm-hmm. to to be doing, you know. Right. Well, hang on. So I like to say I'm a recovering musician. <laughs> nice. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I just want to doctor I'm fill this musician. for a second. All right, I'm just going to doctor yeah. fill this. Don't, don't make him cry. I feel like there's a wall inside of your mind, Joe. we got to figure this Why out. Why is there a wall between you and music? Talk talk about it. Just uh, talk about it. You know, yeah, is somebody know. at work pestering you or bothering you? <laughs> no, it's definitely not that. There's no one at work saying, hey, make more things and put yourself out there more. Yeah, do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm kidding. So you did the music, and then, of course, you said you were a professional photographer. Yeah, I actually shot real estate photography, which was one of the coolest jobs I think I've ever had. I think... I'm really happy and lucky and blessed that I, I accidentally landed in the in the games industry, like or whatever. Mm. But I have to say that if if one of these days I change, like if I weren't able to do the stuff I'm doing in games, I would probably want to go back and do real estate photography again because it's actually really really fun. 
it was always fun for me to just sort of always be on the move, always going somewhere, never in the same place twice. That whole world just had its own weird stories, you know? Like, I shot a place once for a realtor that we we went into it and it was really old and run down and we could tell someone was squatting there and she was like, we should get the crap out of here. And so we oh, did. <laughs> we left. <laughs> um, wow. And I shot a house one time that I'm still convinced to this day is haunted. <laughs> oh, I believe you. I, I'm, oh, wow. I'm dead serious. I think it was haunted. Like, I walked into this house and... I've never had one of those. You know how people, you watch those ghost shows on TV or whatever, and the person's like, I feel like I was being watched. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like, like I've, I've tried many times in my life to catch people watching me and then record that in my mind. Like, oh, this is what it feels like to be watched. I have no idea what that means, dude, you know? Mm-hmm. But in this house, I, I learned. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, oh, it was a feeling of like, just not you're not supposed to be here you know it would mm-hmm. it would be just like if you walked into your neighbor's house who you don't know while they're on the couch watching tv yeah they'd mm-hmm. kind of look at you and like who the hell are you you know kind of <laughs> thing and you're like oh i don't know i just showed up you know <laughs> it was like that it was a really really weird feeling and i was just starting out uh as a real estate photographer and i was kind of teaching myself so i wasn't very good anyway mm-hmm. um but man i can tell you i shot that house so fast and those photos were so horrible (laughs) and the funny thing is like i kind of felt bad letting the lady pay me for it Mm-hmm. Cause they were just that bad, but like she didn't seem to care. You know, I kind of sent them, and I was like, "Oh man, she's gonna be like, these are horrible. Are you kidding me?" And she was like, "Hey, great, thanks again." You know, like, all right. <laughs> At least somebody made it into the house instead of just turning around and running away. I don't know, man. It was really <laughs> weird. Yeah, I mean, I shot the downstairs really fast, and then I had to step out on the front porch and call a buddy of mine that I was in a band with at the time and be like, "Dude, mm-hmm. you're not gonna believe where I am right now. <laughs> like, this is insane." <laughs> and uh, he was just like, "Whoa, crazy!" And then I had to go upstairs, which of course was horrible, and. And I shot that really fast. I came back down. When I walked into the house, the first thing I noticed was that the basement door was ajar and there was a light on. And I'm like, huh, there's no way in hell I'm going down to shoot that basement. I'm really sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Feels bad, man, but I'm not doing it. And I did not do it. So, yeah, anyway. So, there's a story I'll tell real quick because you're on the mention of haunted houses, all right? And then I'm going to tie this in. So, there's a house in Kalamazoo one time. I went there. And we lived, my cousins lived across the street. And this house, a lady had passed away in. She, and apparently she was like bipolar, crazy, had all sorts of meds. She had painted yeah. her front of her house to be a demon. It was a demon's face, the entire front of the house. So already this house Whoa. has got an infamous, you know, story about it, right? <laughs> so Seriously. Yeah. And then I can imagine night, the infamy. And I'm not sure what the hell happened. You know, and of course, I believe in ghosts and all that. But still, it's weird because the attic light would constantly flicker on and off constantly so yeah me and my brother are like all right let's go across the street and check this place out and the next morning we do that we hop up and you know he lifts me up and i look in the windows she's got doll heads and glass freaking glued all across the hallway up here and then we go around upstairs to the side and she's got blood red walls with like all these freaking skeleton devil mural things all painted across it all <laughs> complete complete <laughs> typical haunted house crazy crap and of course, no, she's dead. She passed away there, and now they're trying to sell this place. And so now it just reminds you of what you're saying. Oh, I went ahead to go take some pictures. And yo, totally. Yeah. <laughs> like, here you go. Yeah. Check I, this place out. Honestly, honestly, dude, I can tell you, like, when I was doing that, one of the things that just was so entertaining to me, it was always fun to not only learn from people that were great at what they did in real estate photography. It was also fun to learn from people that had no clue what they were doing, and that usually meant looking at photos that were taken by realtors on flip phones. Oh, you know, no. like, yeah. And I'm just like, 
why would you why like i can imagine <laughs> if that was my realtor she would be fired she or he would be fired so fast <laughs> right? like you'd be done like nah nah man oh we're not doing God. this <laughs> we gotta go it was just crazy and next. but yeah i mean i can imagine them i can imagine them just going in there like oh baby heads skulls demons on the house eh, whatever it's fine <laughs> it's a fixer-upper click a picture <laughs> click 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 here you go like just take a picture of the toilet here's the bathroom like that's the toilet not the bathroom it's full toilet it's pretty one bad of those houses you'll get a shot of the yard from the back and then like you said the bathroom and then yeah. that's it yep. yeah yeah, yeah. On Zillow, the there's two yard. pictures well what's up with that yeah it's it's horrible dude <laughs> believe me man i've seen it all i saw one i saw one once where it was clear the agent drove up in front of the house they didn't even get out of the car and they just snapped the cell phone picture you could see like the edge of the car door you know <laughs> like you could, like it was fr- and i'm like you're not even you're literally not even trying here. this is ridiculous. well at least at least they stopped i mean i'm just imagining the zoom like they never even stopped yeah still they may have like barely stopped you know i don't know i'm sure i'm sure you guys didn't expect to have me on tonight and me be so sensitive about real estate photography so i'm real sorry about that hey it's great story hey, i love I don't, it i don't mind it yeah i have nothing constructive to offer you gaming wise but i will (laughs) complain about real estate photography all night (laughs) that's what we'll have for episode three we'll pull up some really bad zillow listings and just talk about how bad all the (laughs) totally i love i love that yeah we could do like a youtube series together that'd be really great (laughs) top five crappy real estate photography houses i give this one a six stars (laughs) don't forget to like comment and subscribe Oh goodness gracious! It's crazy. So, oh, so after that, after all that, you got the music, you got the freaking photography. You fell into Gearbox. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. Uh, the way that happened was I was working at a percussion warehouse. I've done a lot of random stuff, I guess. I've never really thought about it until now, but uh, I was working at a percussion warehouse in Nashville, and uh, Gearbox just posted on Facebook, "Hey, we're looking for a community manager," and I thought. I could probably figure out how to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like I had heard of a community manager. I kind of knew what they did, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, this friend of mine was like, oh, I don't know, man, like that would be, you know, really tough and competitive. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you should really bother with that. And I was kind of, I'm not really the kind of person that would like, just be like, Oh, you're right. I guess I, I, <laughs> yeah. I guess on some level, I sort of took that as a challenge. Not like, not that he was actually challenging me. Like I dare you to apply and get it, <laughs> you know, but like, but I was just kind of like, well, no, I, f- I got a feeling, you know, like I'm going to try this. So I I went home that night and I updated my my Microsoft Word or whatever it was, uh, resume, and I sent it to my brother-in-law, who I mentioned earlier is in the industry. And uh, I was like, hey, man, will you, you know, look this over for me and let me know what you think? And, you know, and I'm talking about like typos and that sort of thing, right? And he emails me back and he goes, don't send them this, <laughs> you know, like you don't want to do this. He goes, th- he goes, you're, you know, this whole thing for you is a long shot. Cause honestly, like I had never done anything like this before. It was just, I was a really big gearbox fan. I was a really big borderlands fan. You know, I was in the community. I was on the forums all the time. Like, and I just felt like, Hey, maybe they want to hear from somebody in the community. I don't know. You know, I didn't have any expectations of any kind. So anyway, he was like, you know, you really need to stand out, you know, like he's like, I, I, I think you're right. I think you can do this. I think you have something, but you know, you got to stand out and get their attention. So of course that made sense. I just needed to be told that, I guess. So anyway, I ended up going to the craft store and I bought a wooden box and I painted it to look like a loot chest. 
a red loot chest. And wow. then um, I, I went into Photoshop and I redid my resume to have like, you know, blood splatter and Borderlands branding and fonts. And, you know, like I found a, a, a Photoshop tutorial on YouTube of how to do the Borderlands font, you oh, know, nice. or a serviceable <laughs> substitution of it. And I did that. And so basically inside the box, it's the idea is that they open the box and, it, you know, I like decoupage the inside of the box and everything. And there's a cutout of Claptrap in the top of the box. And it basically says like, hello, traveler. This is my buddy, Joe. We're co-op pals. You guys should hang out, you know? (laughs) And uh, so then, you know, there was like all the stuff was in there. And I kind of did a couple of other just little things. Like I made an item card for a community manager class mod. And it was clearly, it was clearly modded and not, you know, not discussable on the forums because everything was like plus 500 instead of plus 100, you know, but it was legendary. So it was clearly modded. Mm-hmm. We can't discuss that <laughs> on the forums. But yeah, it was like, you know, it was like plus 500 to people skills or whatever, you know, and then, and then the flavor text, I was really p- proud of the flavor text. I put, I put, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough and dog on it. People like me oh, nice. it as the flavor nice. text. And, uh, and so I sent that off and, uh, and, you know, I kind of waited. I waited like a week, and then I called, uh, and this girl that used to be the receptionist there, she answered the phone, and I go, hey, my name is Joe King, and I sent you guys a, a loot chest resume last week, and I, I don't want to bother anybody. I just want to make sure that it arrived okay and that it's intact. That's all. Mm-hmm. And she goes, oh, that was you? And I go, yeah, that was me. And she goes, that was really cool. And I go, oh, man, thanks. I'm like, if the receptionist saw it and dug it, like, that's got to be a good sign, right? Mm -hmm. So anyway, she's like, you know, okay, well, our our director of HR is in a meeting, but I'm not blowing you off. Like, I'll seriously have her call you because it's really cool. Okay, thanks. It was either that day or the next day, our HR director, who she actually just left Gearbox like a couple few weeks ago, but she called me and we had a really short call, like 15 minutes or so. And she just kind of wanted to gauge like, Make sure, like, number one, I wasn't insane. Uh, and number two, that... Okay, I, was I wasn't say, any I, more insane. I thought that was a prerequisite. I wasn't too insane for the job. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I wasn't too insane mm. for the job. Uh, <laughs> and then also, like, she wanted to make sure, you know, like, I wasn't trying to... I didn't want to just, like, get rich and make a ton of money or, you know, doing it. Like, <laughs> make sure that my... All of the expectations were in place, yeah. right? And I told her, like, mm. yeah, man, I'm just... I just think this is a cool opportunity. And uh, it'd be fun, whatever, you know. And she's like, okay, cool. Well, let me schedule a call with our marketing team. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, cool, all right. So I talked to the marketing team, and then... After that, they were like, hey, how would you like to fly to Dallas? And I was like, I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, sure, you know. And uh, let me check my schedule. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, and so <laughs> I flew down to Dallas and did the interview, went through the interview process. And we do have a, you know, an interesting couple of meetings there. One of which is basically a meeting where the whole studio is invited to come ask you anything they want which sounds pretty daunting and it really sounded daunting to me at the time because i was Mm -hmm. i'm imagining they're gonna usher me into this theater that's gonna be like full of gearbox employees and they're like you have no idea what you're doing why are you even here what gives you the ride how dare you and i'm gonna be Uh like okay i'm sorry you know but no it was like in a conference room just a bunch of people around a table really casual really cool and you know it's like We'll ask people silly questions in those meetings, you know, just like, what's your favorite Ninja Turtle? Stuff like that, just to kind of get to know them. And I I quickly Mm -hmm. realized that was the purpose of the meeting was just to get to know me a little bit. And it was nothing to freak out about. And it was, it ended up being my favorite part of the day. (laughs) But um, I felt like it went really well. And then I got back on the plane to fly back to Nashville. And I, of course, I immediately was like, oh my God, this went horrible. What have I done? Like, why did I answer that question like this? Why did I say Mm -hmm. that? They must have noticed when I like, you know, 
like touched my face and probably thought I was lying. You know, like just uh-huh. ridiculous stuff. And um, where my eyes moving. So anyway, I exactly. They saw me breathing. I know it. Um, so so anyway, like you know, some time went by and they finally finished the search. And unfortunately, I didn't get the job. But they liked me and they said, hey, you know. Um, you know, we found somebody that has more experience for this role, but we really like you. How would you like to do like some contract work for us? And I was like, sure. Like not that. Like now we're getting into an, an area that I had no idea. Like what is that? What does that mean? How does that work? You know? I'm mm-hmm. like, sure. That sounds great. And so they ended up bringing me on a couple months later as a contractor to help design the new forums that we were moving I don't know if you guys are on the, the old forums but they used to be vBulletin forums and then we moved to um, Discourse and so it was cool because they let me come on and sort of like my job was basically to get with the community figure out hey what do you guys like what do you not like they began letting me help run the mod team which was cool and then so you know every so often like my contract would run out and they would renew it cool I would sort of hint like Hey, so full time, right? You know, yeah. Anything you got down there? Have a steady job, please. No. Uh, yeah, and then and then finally one day I was actually uh, to get back to the music thing. I was in the studio with Fish, oh, nice. the band Fish, oh, wow. the jam band, and uh, and my phone rings and it's uh, Jeff, uh, our brand manager, and he goes, "Hey, uh, can you fly to Dallas tomorrow?" And I was like, "Sure, why?" <laughs> you know. And uh, he's like, well, you know, we might have something here. So come on down and let's kind of get everybody together. You know, let's get our heads together and see what we can see what we can figure out. So I was like, yeah, sounds cool. So I basically came down and I interviewed for the same job again. <laughs> yeah. um, and that was cool because, of course, the first time I was like super nervous. and, uh, But by this point, I had gotten to know some people down there. I had been to pack South with everybody and worked. So I had actually traveled with the team at that point. So like I knew, I knew most everybody, you know, that I would be working with on the, you know, on the marketing side. And so it was really less about like, uh, Oh, I'm going for this interview and I'm nervous. And it was really more like, Oh, I get to go see my friends again. This is awesome. You know, cool. (laughs) And so that, that interview was a lot easier, but I was still pretty nervous afterwards. And, uh, uh, sometime passed and they offered me the job and I accepted it. And then we moved from Nashville to Dallas. And that was like a whole other, (laughs) that was like a whole other adventure, you know? So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's been, it's been really cool. Like I, when I first came to Gearbox, I did a lot of fanboying there for the first few months. (laughs) Like it was like, you know, and then at a certain point I sort of had to say to myself like, okay, bro, like it's time to get to work, you know, like just lighten up, like you're here, you're good. Just, just chill and just do your work, you know? Mm. And so I was like, okay, got it. So I did, but it's still, it's still a place that like, I'm, I couldn't be happier to be there. I still sometimes, a lot of the time I look around and I still can't believe that I'm, I'm here doing this, you know, like it's just, it's such a blast and it, it like, it fits my personality so well. Um, you know, working in a, an environment like Gearbox is just, it's really laid back and it's, you know, it's fun. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's easy in a lot of ways, you know? Um, Mm. it's not always easy. You know, there are plenty of times like when we launch a game or things like that, like there's hard work, there's a lot of things to do, but it's, it's stuff that, you know, I enjoy and then I'm good at and it's cool. But yeah, some days I will like on the fifth floor, we have this big room, uh, after you walk through reception into this big room, we call the Epic staircase. And there's like a big Montana statue on it and a big gearbox logo on the wall. And sometimes I just walk by that and I'm kind of like, yeah man cool you know like (laughs) nice and uh it's just it's just fun sometimes to kind of walk through there and sort of like think for a second of like 
it, this is still kind of weird, you know, and, and, and it's mm. cool. It's fun. Nice. But yeah, that's basically the origin story. <laughs> nice, nice. Now, I have a very different story. You know, we had Ash on a while ago, and, oh, yeah, and yeah. he was saying that it's cubicles, maniacal killer clowns making you eat donuts, <laughs> and a magician who teleported <laughs> to your desk and demanded things and then teleported away. So it's <laughs> you're telling me something completely different here. <laughs> So in Ash's head, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I will regale you with an uh, with another little funny gearboxism, because Ash mentioned donuts, right? Uh-huh, so uh-huh. every Friday morning they bring in donuts for the team, and an email will go out. Our receptionist, by the way, like I don't imagine they'll ever hear this, but our ops team, which includes our receptionists and our office management, they are amazing. Like they come up with the best events for us and the best things to do, and just you know, just just like this on Fridays, they'll send out a, a donut email that you can tell one of them must have put serious time into, you know? Like, it's just these hilarious, like, long emails (laughs) that are just, like, full Mm -hmm. of jokes that are horrible, but it's like they know they're horrible, and then they deprecate on themselves a little bit, and it's like, it's Uh. just charming, you know? So, but, so you get to work, and there's, like, donuts everywhere. So, there are two types of people that work at Gearbox, okay? The first type is the type that will cut a donut in half... (laughs) Oh God! And take no. half of the donut. Le- oh, see, I can tell there are two kinds of people on third shift too. I see this. The first kind will cut the donut in half. They'll take half the donut and they'll leave the second half for somebody else. Mm-hmm. The second kind of person is the kind of person that wants to hunt all those people down and kill them mm-hmm. and destroy right. them yeah. completely. Right. So uh, one time, I like I think I just decided to troll everybody a little bit. So I took a picture of one. And then I tweeted out something about it. And then I included at Gearbox. I think it was Gearbox Software at the time. We hadn't changed it to Gearbox Official yet. And I was like, at Gearbox Software, what's up with this or whatever? And then just my my Gearbox coworker Twitter feed went insane. <laughs> <laughs> like, even I think Meredith was running the account at that point. And uh, mm. she, I think she just tweeted back something like from the official account, something like, at Joe King, what have you done? <laughs> you know? And just everybody was like, Aah! like the whole day. It was so funny. It was I so think I funny. I seeing yeah. that when it came yeah. out because where Eric and I used to work, because we work at the same place then and now, but they would always do the half donut thing too. And I think yeah, the yeah. one thing that set me off the most is I went in to, you know, pick up the scrap of donut late at, late at night and was just about to go, yeah. and there was a quarter donut sitting there. Oh <laughs> How did this happen? Who did this? And I grabbed it and I threw it in the trash. Here's the thing, like, I'll, I'll give, I'll give you like the half thing. That's cool, man. If you don't want to have it, but like, we're talking one bite, my dude. Just that is not going to make or break your diet. Take exactly. the half. So yeah, the the quarter donut being left, I cannot get behind that. I'm with you. Like we're on the same page. There is a limit. The half, like I, I don't care, man. It's cool. You do you, whatever. Mm. I might eat it, but. You know, I might not. I don't no, know. I would never would, yeah. Joe. As long as it's not a filled donut, don't cut that in half and let yeah, it leak out. Oh, that's, 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 I've seen, yeah. I've seen that before no, too. That's, I think, that's I think bad. a good rule of thumb is anything less than a half is just kind of unacceptable and unforgivable. Like that's yeah, stupid. Yeah. Don't do it. Even with yeah, the half, but, though, you know? it's a problem because you know you work in these big companies, and you know maybe at Gearbox where it's all flowers and, and good stuff. But where I am, it's yeah, dark and dreary. Never, never anything bad. Okay, we got people who are questionable, all right? And I'm like, yeah. who touched this donut? 
who touched this donut? Because yeah. if it was Mike, yeah, I'm yeah. not touching this donut because I know yeah. what Mike does. And fair enough. <laughs> yeah, that's actually an argument from people at Gearbox. They say the same thing. They're like, how am I supposed to know if the person that cut the donut and touched it didn't just come out of the bathroom mm-hmm. and not wash their hands, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, that's a valid argument. Now, for me personally, if I ever do cut a donut in half, Gearbox coworkers, I'm saying if, <laughs> not <laughs> when I do, do it, I'm just saying if. If you hear this, I'm not confirming or denying that I've done this. I'm just saying if I were to do it, I would grasp the donut, cut in half, and then take the part yeah, that touch. I had touched. Take your base, okay. yeah. Not take the other part. That's that ridiculous. is ridiculous and rude. However, <laughs> you, you, I mean, you literally have it's a it's an extra step, right? right. Like to t- to put the part down and then pick the other one up. So you see, maybe maybe yeah. they smashed the part they were gonna take up too much, and they're like, "F this!" <laughs> so they grab the good spot and just roll off. Yeah, oh, they're like, "No, nah, th- this half a donut has to be pristine. Yeah. <laughs> like it has to look good." You know, I'm putting it in my mouth, it needs to look good. That's what they said. Exactly. <laughs> I can't have any smashed up donut. <laughs> no, it's not gonna happen. Oh, yeah. Speaking of the food thing, I think on this latest stream, you guys were talking about another, another little tiff. Um, God, it was towards the end. Which it's one? It's escaping uh, me. It was just this wee happy few one you just did, and there was another another little food tiff you guys had going, and I can't no. remember it. It's escaping me. I had it in my head until the very end. Dang it! I'm gonna bring it back. We'll just we'll put that one on hold. Yeah, bring we'll bring it. it back. I'll get it up. Yeah, bring it, bring it back, bring it back, because I'm. If, if I can explain the weird things, I'm happy okay. to. Sometimes it's just, it's just unexplainable, though. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> oh, wasn't it? Wasn't it right at the start? It was the pineapple. That's pizza it. Pineapple. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Sam had the Sam mm-hmm. from Compulsion had the T-shirt on that pineapple does right. not belong on pizza. pizza, and of course yeah, that's yeah, blasphemy. Yeah. But he, but he admitted to us that he li- <laughs> he actually likes pineapple on pizza. One of their audio guys got mm-hmm. that shirt for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, nice. And this audio guy, yeah, this audio guy is Italian, so he knows straight up what uh, belongs on pizza and what doesn't. <laughs> and he is not subscribing to the pineapple on pizza thing. <laughs> so he bought Sam a shirt, I guess, to sort of say, hey, I know you're into this, but... It's unacceptable. You know, respect mm-hmm. the game, mm-hmm. you know, kind <laughs> of thing. And he wore it out of respect, you know, the joke, of course. Yeah, he wore it on the stream. So we were just kind of like, <laughs> we're going to have to ask you about that when we go live. And he's like, sure, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, now I'll say this: My wife will not eat pizza without pineapple. So you can without with, pineapple. It, it wow, has to have pineapple. Pepperoni, pineapple, ham, pineapple. Wow, olives, pineapple. Doesn't matter if there ain't pineapple on this pizza, it's not getting eaten. So Man, over the course of that's you crazy. Know, these twelve, fifteen years, whatever I've been married for, <laughs> pineapple and pizza is just a part of my life. It's a thing. Yeah. Did, did just, I eat you it? You don't even think did about it. Did I eat it before that? Never. Never. You know what went out yeah. on pizza? <laughs> Pepperoni and bacon, and sometimes ham yes. or sausage. Yes, yes, that's mm-hmm. what went on pizza. So, so here's so here's the thing. Me and you are on the exact same page because <laughs> I am like a meat lovers kind of mm-hmm. guy. Like I like mm-hmm. as much meat on my pizza as possible. And I had this conversation with somebody around that time. Right, it might have been Elisa actually while we were waiting to go live. If I'm like at a party, let's say, or I'm at work and there are a bunch of pizzas and I come in on the tail end and the only thing that's left is pineapple and ham pizza, I'll eat it. I'll have a piece if I'm hungry, (laughs) but it's not something I'm going to go out of my way like, oh man, it's Friday. I'm hyped to get my pineapple and ham pizza and go and (laughs) chill. Like that's not a, that's not a thing I Uh. think ever, you know? So I, I mean, if you like pineapple and pizza, I'm cool with it. I I guess for me, the, these, all of these little like food things that people get upset about, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really, I don't really care. You know, it's, it's not, it's not something I ever really think that much about. Oh no. 
But for argument's sakes, it is fun to talk about. Yeah. It's fun when it blows up on Twitter and then yeah. everybody mm-hmm. has an opinion. I was going to say, I have a friend on Twitter named Andy, and he seems to find these weird things like that. Like, I, I'm beginning to think that he seeks them out, you know? Because <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm always oh, like, yeah. dude, where did you find this? <laughs> How it <laughs> And uh, it's like, yeah... Like like shoes don't belong on pizza. Like what? what who puts shoes why on pizza? This, this is argument. ridiculous. This is like I mean, shoes are kind of. Where delicious. did you so find why this? Would you have that on pizza? Oh, the the last one that he posted that I thought was great was banana water. Like like a country club, oh, they yeah. had one of the big water yeah. things, and they cut up bananas and put it in. And he's like, no, <laughs> no, uh-uh, no, no. <laughs> it's kind of like our pre-show. Know, man. Is is mayonnaise a thing? And we were talking about yeah, why that's, that is what we were talking about. <laughs> did, what, did, we you, did you did you see the true. article from this week? Millennials killed yeah, millennials. Yeah, millennials killed millennials. Yes, millennials. Yes, millennials. millennials killed millennials. Like, what, how is this, what are we talking mayonnaise. about? <laughs> that's so weird. <laughs> Can we just not enjoy mayonnaise if we want? I don't know what's going on anymore. Man, I'm confused. The public execution of mayonnaise. Exactly. <laughs> so, God. All right, we'll bring it back on track a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah, we 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 went way yeah. off track there, didn't we? Well, so you got the job at Gearbox. You you worked as a what yeah. they call a sponge, doing all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah, community yep. sponge, and, then, yeah. and that was when we were working on the forums. Yep. Yeah, and then you went on into yeah. the uh, community manager, which is where we met you. Um, yeah, and then of course you've moved on from there. Now, I'm still partially confused, and I'm cor- and this is where you get to clarify: is what do you do now? Officially. <laughs> so now, so I did the community thing for a while, and then a little while after that, they said, hey, why don't you and Elisa team up and do the new media thing? So now, the way we have it kind of split up is Elisa, as the new media manager, handles, like, the big picture stuff, like strategy and reporting and, you know, like... Mm. Actually, the stream planning is largely her, too. Um, oh, any Anything kind of bigger picture, that's Elisa. And then for me, I do things more like um, streamer relations. I do a lot of scouting for streamers and YouTubers and content creators and people that we might want to work with. And then I, you know, in, in between kind of help her out, help out whoever else I can, you know, here and there. But yeah, they also let me, like, I got to go to Guardian Con uh, last month and meet a bunch Very of jealous. streamers and just kind of hang out and get to know people, so... I'm kind of a people person on most days. And so anything I get to do where I am meeting people that enjoy what we do and I'm getting to cultivate relationships with them, that's, that's where I'm kind of at my best and at my happiest. So yeah, it's that. I mean, we, uh, we've, we started several months ago, um, you know, putting together a database of content creators to work with and things like that. And so I do a lot of, uh, I spend a lot of time maintaining that. Um, adding to it, updating it, make sure making sure it's in good shape. So I jokingly tell people because you know obviously this long form explanation is never really good. Like just in passing, like hey, what do you do? And I'm like, well, uh, let me just explain to you uh, everything. <laughs> you know, and they're like, no, nah, no, nah, I stopped caring. <laughs> you know, uh, I jokingly like to say I watch YouTube videos and Twitch streams all day, but it's obviously a lot more than that. Yeah. But that is a big part of it too. So. <laughs> For, I mean, for example, with We Happy Few, uh, Elisa and I put together a lot of really cool stuff for content creators. We put together an in-studio visit for several that we were planning to work mm-hmm. with. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Elisa did a killer job of putting together this, um, with Compulsion's help, putting together a content creator pack for them of different assets that they could use in, in their content. I do a lot of like handing out game codes and vetting people that ask for game codes and things like that. 
Um, so yeah, you know, it's kind of just anything that has to do with the content creators that we work with, the people that play our games and then broadcast it. That's mm. that's pretty much me and Elisa. And then how that gets split up, it could depend on the day. It could depend on the task. It just we kind of team up on it and then and then make it work. So it's a lot of fun. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. And then. So when you came in, I can't remember now, did you come in to doing that with Bulletstorm or did you come in after Bulletstorm for that? Let's see. At one point, they let me kind of embed with support, actually, Mm -hmm. and kind of explore. that. I think Bulletstorm, man, I don't remember, actually. I think Bulletstorm might have been the last, yeah, that was the last game that I did community. I was doing community for. And then after that, for a while, I kind of embedded with support and I was working with our support manager to just sort of see like, hey, how can we improve what we're doing? How can we take sort of a community-based approach with support, vice versa? I wrote wrote some processes and did some like boring crap there for that period. And then it was kind of like, hey, actually, let's pull you off that and do this. And I was like, (laughs) okay, cool. So Mm -hmm. yeah, but it's been fun. I've gotten to do a lot of just kind of you know, different little interesting things since I've been at Gearbox. And that's one thing that, you know, is really good about Gearbox. Like they don't, you're really not like put in a, uh, I don't want to say box here, but you're not, you know, like you're not mm-hmm. put in a box like, okay, you do this thing and this is just mm-hmm. it. This is all mm-hmm. like come to work every day, bang your head against this wall and this is the hill you're going to die on. <laughs> that's it. See ya. Like, it's not really like that. So I get, you know, we all get a chance to kind of, you know, help each other out with different tasks. And like I said, like, you know, Sean handles the tech stuff for the streams, but I'm getting to kind of learn a little bit of that too. And, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. It's cool. I enjoy learning things, you know? So what was that like the transition when you guys started doing the gearbox publishing and then you were taking individuals from software side, bringing in new people, is it still a really tight knit group or have you kind of branched off a little bit into two separate organizations? Well, so to to answer the first part of that question, like what it was like, it was really cool when we were told, Hey, we're actually going to start doing this publisher thing seriously. And, you know, you guys now basically work for Gearbox Publishing, not Gearbox Software. So on paper, technically, I work for Gearbox Publishing. But it's one of those things I don't really like to get technical with people in that way, you know, because I've found that, like, no one really cares. It's like, it's Gearbox, you know. But, yeah, like, we, we like to try to keep everything separate just because, like, in a, in a forward-facing public sense just because you know our goal as a publisher is to be the most developer friendly publisher in the business and we want like the work that we're doing to stand on its own merit you know because it's it's great you know it's really fun to be part of a fledging publisher like this because like to be honest none of us really know exactly what we're doing um but that's kind (laughs) of the great thing is because the the developers and the people that we're working with like i think they pick up on it as you know like ah, we just kind of want to publish your game, dude. You know, like, it's mm-hmm. pretty It's pretty simple. It's pretty easy. You know, and I think, again, getting back to our goal of being the, the most developer-friendly publisher in the industry, that helps. You know, that casual sort of like, hey, look, we take, we take what we do really seriously and we work hard at it and we're good at it. But we're also not the types that are going to be like, you know dicks about it or anything you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. it's a casual kind of thing in a sense uh in a manner of speaking from the top down and it's like hey we're learn we're all learning how to do this together you know mm-hmm. and uh and it's so far it's working out but i mean yeah that's just the thing is it's like we're doing a lot of different things and there are a lot of different irons in the fire and some of them are big projects like Bulletstorm and we happy few and some of them are small like Fortnite, where we just do the you know we just do the retail version the box and mm-hmm. and th- and that gives us the opportunity to learn hey how does that work how does this mm-hmm. process work 
we did a game recently called Burn Star on the Switch, mm-hmm. and that was a great opportunity to learn like how does this process work so like when i say we don't know what we're doing uh, it's not like we're idiots and we don't care it's like we we really don't have a full grasp on this so we're learning as we go um but luckily we have a lot of people on our team that are brilliant at what they do and they've done it at warner brothers and gamestop and all kinds of different places so we have really smart people that have been brought in that have done these things that we brought in to say okay like how do we all kind of get together and do this together you know i guess that's kind of the best way to put it but it's fun it's an adventure it's really cool you know it's, and it's I think great. it definitely shows, especially with Compulsion and all the stuff they've been putting out, the yeah. genuine excitement from both ends yeah, of yeah, working yeah. with each other. Compulsion's been great. They're they're awesome. Yeah. We've really enjoyed working with them. It's been it's mm-hmm. been great. And that seems like the biggest one you've done thus far when in cooperation with another uh, studio yeah. and going back and forth. Yeah, I think so. It definitely is. Bulletstorm is pretty big mm-hmm. too. Um, but this this is cool because we just feel like, you know, you gradually kind of start to get your sea legs, I guess you could say. And mm-hmm. it feels like internally we really were stronger on We Happy Few. And, we're you know, we could tell that a lot of the things that we've learned and the people that we brought in, it was really on display for us. You know, like, yeah, okay, cool. We're, we're heading in the right direction, basically. You know, it's, it's really great. Gotcha. And you mentioned uh, on the stream, actually, uh, that... A lot of stuff you guys actually do on the publishing side isn't something that's talked about a ton. Uh, it's not exactly you know out there in the front end of everything. And so I kind of just wondered, like, on a day-to-day, like with Fortnite, you said I mean, it was a small thing. You just threw out the uh, retail version of the you know the game, mm-hmm. which, by the way, I, I had to ask. Um, you know, that game when it hit the battle royale version went absolutely insane. And then I heard that the, <laughs> yeah, a little that bit. the retail <laughs> copies went off the charts, sold, gone, done. And then they were getting resold on like eBay for like $500, $700. It was like ridiculous. I think I heard something about oh, that. Yeah. And I was never able to verify that. I never checked. But I mean, hey, man, that's... <laughs> I can tell you that if, if in one of our team meetings at work, if someone said that, the reaction would be cool (laughs) you know like that is i I get that is the reaction of our head of publishing all the way down it'd be that cool yeah awesome i mean because basically that's a win-win for you right because no matter what whenever they're sold yeah 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 it's just it would be you know just if you're listening and you can't see us i guess like it's a big (laughs) shoulder shrug cool (laughs) and then you get into something like Bulletstorm and we happy few where you're doing a whole a whole bunch just tons of stuff yeah yeah what yeah. does some of that actually entail? Um, so basically, it's like we do the marketing mm-hmm. mainly, and and there's there's a lot of tech work that goes on behind the scenes that our tech team works with the developer to you know get builds into Steam that that our QA department can test. We also have a QA team, so it's actually like. You know, not to not to like toot our own horn or anything, but like the size of publisher we are, like we have we have our own QA team, and it's like a good size one, so it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, we 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 help with QA, we help with marketing, we help with a lot of like tech stuff. Getting a game, console games have to go through a process called certification or cert, and that's a process that the publisher helps with. There's a, there's a lot to do, and like I'll admit, when I first, even after I started working at Gearbox, you know, they said, oh, we're gonna do publishing now. I kind of didn't know what that meant you know i was like what okay well like i know what a publisher is but like what does a publisher do i guess we'll find out you know but yeah that's 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 it you know it's a it's a lot of marketing and and tech work and qa and things like that you know yeah aren't you in love with the qa matt 
QA well, team. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> yeah the, our QA team is great, man. I it love the, our QA uh, the team. user research yeah, team, I think. That's what it is. Yeah, user research. Those Who guys pops are great up on team, the yeah. publisher blog and, all the, the and that's yeah. something, too. Yeah, user research is, I'm glad you said that. That's one that uh, I should definitely shout out to because our user research team does a lot of really interesting and intricate mm-hmm. and important work. And our, our head of user research, John Cohen, would really, like, kill me if he heard me bragging on him like this because he's like the most <laughs> humble guy in the world but like uh-huh. they really do like and they're and they're so good like they're so methodical and just smart you know they're just smart mm-hmm. people you know they're they're the type of people there are a lot of people at gearbox where you just kind of stand by them and you get a little bit smarter by osmosis uh-huh. you know <laughs> and so i try to stand by those guys in meetings a lot and stuff but uh <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, they, they do a lot of really cool stuff that helps a lot of different disciplines, both on mm-hmm. the publishing side and the software side, as well as for our development partners. Like they can test everything from the name and logo of a game. What do you think of this to, mm-hmm. you know, just the most minute, weird thing that you would never think of, but they think of it and they test it and then they can tell you. You know, it's like you don't ever want to you don't ever want to go and ask user research about some data unless you want to hear about Mm. data. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like because they know they have it and they can tell you and they can give you they can give you detail that you can't imagine. And it's just amazing. It's like, you know, it's crazy. The the things that that those guys do. So I love it. Anytime they pop up in that uh, Gearbox publishing blog and then when they've got links out to other things, like I went and watched the uh, the one talk they did with the. uh, I forget what her name was, but the lady from id Software, some big user yeah, Stephanie, yeah. presentation that they did. Yeah. That was absolutely fascinating. So. Yeah, yeah. St- and Stephanie really used cool to stuff. work at Gearbox. Uh, okay. Stephanie used to work at Gearbox, and then when she left and went to id, John Cohen took over for her and has okay. just kept kept everything right on track in, a, in an amazing way you know mm-hmm. um so yeah it's a it's a really cool uh it's a really cool thing they do really cool nice we actually asked some of our followers to give us questions to ask you oh cool okay <laughs> mm-hmm. um so the first one is uh what is it like working for a magician <laughs> It's interesting. Some people will ask me sometimes, like, does Randy just go around the office doing magic tricks all day? (laughs) Well, no, of course not. But what I will say about Randy is that Randy introduces very, very interesting ways of thinking about things I would not normally expect. Nice. And a lot lot of people wouldn't. Um, And that's something I really appreciate about him is, like, there are times where you have a problem, right? Or, or it might not even be a problem. It just may be a thing, a thing you're thinking about. And you uh, you automatically have this one way of thinking about it, like whatever that is for mm-hmm. you guys, you know. And then Randy will walk in and he'll he'll just ask the right questions. Well, why do you think that? Why why do you think that approach would be important? Things Just things that you don't think about. And then by the time mm-hmm. you're done answering the questions and you've thought it through, he's introduced this, you know, other angle of thinking about things. And that's that's really cool. So hopefully he won't ever hear this and think I'm kissing his ass. <laughs> yeah. it's, but it's true. We'll I mean, just, we'll I, mean I really mean it. I, it's, it's really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've challenged Randy about a thousand times on this show. So, you know, someday. <laughs> <laughs> the coolest thing to me about Randy is, uh, is he has a theater in his house. Yeah, I've seen it. Called oh. the Peacock Theater. 
And um, it is amazing, dude. Like, you think you know somebody that has more of a dedication to, you know, live shows and live entertainment and magic and variety entertainment more than Randy? You, you don't. You're wrong. Like, I, I can just tell you, you don't. Like, it's crazy, man. Like, there was one time he showed some of us backstage. He has this, like, area where he just has these really cool magic artifacts, just things that his mm-hmm. uncle, the great Cardini, owned and just all kinds of stuff that he's kind of come across over the years. And it's crazy, man. It's like being in a little room in Hogwarts and you're just like, <laughs> what is going on? Like, nice. I, was, I was amazed. So, so to answer the question, it's really cool working for a magician. I've worked for people that weren't magicians and assholes and they weren't, they weren't fun That's to work for. So. That's my life. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad to be on the other end of that spectrum. <laughs> Now, funny enough, some people at work do watch this or listen to this, I should say, so I'll probably hear about this. But that's fine. They know what they are. Yeah, don't. <laughs> Except for yeah, one of you. probably think, oh, man. Except for one of you. Oh, man. There you go. I've just saved myself. <laughs> You're the one. Oh, my God. You're the exception. No <laughs> <laughs> uh, comment. Yeah, you oh, can't boy, comment at all anymore. You, you've, been, you've been zipped. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sure you guys will have a long, stern conversation about this. Topic. Oh, probably. <laughs> Matt will probably chastise me a little bit. <laughs> Damn, no, Eric. it's fine. It's That's just true. your department. Hey, right? you can get in trouble all you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, what was that next one, Danny? All right, so we you're not originally from Texas, are you? No, no. I'm, I'm, well, I'm originally from Atlanta, and then when I was a kid, I moved to Tennessee, and then I spent most of my life in Tennessee. Oh wow! Before moving to Dallas. Yeah. All right. So I'm, I, I, I just, I say I'm from Nashville basically because it doesn't make sense to give people that whole little bit of background. Yeah. Not, you know, <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> so how do you feel about the heat and humidity in Texas now that you've been there for a while? Um, actually, it's not that bad because, uh. Actually, Tennessee is a lot more humid oh. than mm. Texas is. So if you go if you go further south in Texas toward Houston, that's where it starts to get a lot more humid. Dallas, we're in North Texas, and it's pretty dry. Like it seems to be around you know thirty to forty percent humidity a lot of the time. You know, whereas Tennessee is probably more like eighties, eighty percent. Wow. So. <laughs> It's weird because when we first moved here in the summer and it was like, oh, crap, it's 103 outside. And I went outside and I was like, oh, this isn't that bad, actually. Okay, I can deal with this. <laughs> it's, summers here really aren't that bad. And I've found myself, since we lived here, like, thinking, I mean, like, even now, you know, okay, I'm ready for fall and that's going to be fun, but I'm kind of not ready for summer to be over, <laughs> you know, because it's not, like, yeah, it's hot, but it's not humid. Yeah. So it, you know, I don't want to die every day. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't mind it. It's fine. Now, see, I should tie it right into. Have you ever been to Michigan? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been to Michigan. Have I been to Michigan? Let me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been to Michigan. Yeah, I've at least been through. I think I've been through the Detroit airport. Oh, okay. At least. Okay. Mm-hmm. So just. But I may have. I may have spent a little more time in Michigan. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I've been. I've been to Minnesota. I know that. Yeah, well. um, but in Michigan, not a whole lot. May, I think I've flown through Detroit, and that was All about right. it. Well, here in Michigan, yes, it is. You want to die weather, and it's you want to yeah, die weather all the time. Yeah, it's, you want to die. Well, in the, the funny winter. thing is, like, it, 
it seems like everyone else around the world is going through these horrible heat waves. Like I've seen in the UK, people are just like, oh my God, it's so hot. <laughs> and then mm. we're just kind of like, eh, all right, it's Texas, so we're good. You know, <laughs> like, uh-huh. But yeah, it sounds like the rest of the country is dying oh, yeah. of heat. And see, I laugh about that because so here it's, you know, at what, high 80s, low 90s, but it's humid, it's muggy, it's just disgusting, it's miserable. Right. And I, yeah. you know, I've been over the desert for a long time and people used to always be like, oh, that must have been terrible. It was 121 degrees. I'm like, no, it was the desert. It was dry as a bone, man. As long as you drank water, you were fine. It wasn't that bad. Whoever came up with the saying was truly right when they said, it's not the heat that'll kill you, it's the humidity. Uh Like, Mm -hmm. it's so much worse. Exactly. So people are crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's it. Am I missing anything? That's good. I expected questions about tomatoes or no, something. No, we, like we, we already know how you feel about, about those. I thought about it while I was <laughs> when we were in the street, that would have been fine. We were thinking about it. I was like, well, we've already gone over quite a few. That would have been fine. So we'll, we'll let that <laughs> one oh, I should have put my little cherry oh, tomatoes here. They just eat. I memed myself pretty good that day. <laughs> Which, by the way, we said it on our show back when you did it, but if you didn't hear it, you copped out. You did not eat enough of that tomato. No, I did. I did, and you know, let me just say this publicly. <laughs> let me just go on the record here, okay? Uh, I had, up until the moment where that tomato touched mm-hmm. my mouth, I had every intention of taking a bite out of it, chewing it, and swallowing it. Like, that was my intention mm. to the very last moment. Then I tasted it, and I could, like, I just couldn't mm. do it. Like, it was, that's how fast that reaction happened. I was just like, no, dude, this is happening. disgusting. <laughs> I, I can't have this around me now. Uh-uh. And I, I even chased it. I kind of, like, washed my mouth out with some cherry Coke at the time, and that did nothing. It, was just, it just was tomatoey cherry Coke. Oh, man. Cherry tomato Coke. There you go. God, which, by the way, those oh, were some wonderful yeah, streams. It, it was I good. love the Battleborn streams. <laughs> Yeah, they were a lot of fun. They were a lot of fun. And like I said earlier, like, you know, we're hoping to bring that same fun to the new stream room and the new setup and just kind of enhance everything and and let it evolve. So, I mean, I think that uh, I think that we're going to be heading to a good place with the streams here. Very, very soon. I was going to ask was, uh, do you guys intend to start streaming more with your publishing and developing uh, side? We'd like to. Yeah. Uh, We don't have we don't have any specific plans for anything else coming up yet. But yeah, that's something Elisa and I have talked about, about how it would be fun to just sort of be able to do some like really kind of more casual like developer Mm. let's play stuff. Mm -hmm. Like Elisa and a dev sit down and play Borderlands 2 for a couple hours and just, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, yeah. So that's something we're hoping to do. You know, no promises yet. We don't know when or if it'll work out, but it's something that we've talked about that we'd like to do. We tried to make Ash promise too, and he, uh. He just kept he kept shirking it and shaking it too, going, "Yeah, it sounds like an idea we're throwing around." I'm like, "Okay." I haven't seen Ash since, uh, so I, he's a liar. Oh yeah, he just he doesn't man. He just he all of his good ideas get put into the VFX, mm-hmm. which is good for us. Uh, true, so true. yeah, I love that guy. Which he's by great. the way, you're working him hard. He had a post that he was sad. He says work's tough, so you know you need to give him go get let yeah, the clown visit the, his desk. And give him a donut, okay? Oh, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> it gets crazy sometimes, dude. No, he's down there in the cubicle land. He's yeah, he's <laughs> done, Yeah, up on five where I'm at, it's a lot, man. It's like heaven, you know? It's like you're on joy. You're pumped up on joy. In, in, yeah, exactly, in, in exactly. Yeah. We're up in the parade district. We're in the parade <laughs> yeah. district, and he's exactly. down in the garden That's district. It. He's a wastrel. Gosh, Yeah, yeah. To make the We Happy Few reference there, that's, yeah, we're in parade district up on five, and then I think he's down on four or three and 
definitely that's the those are both the yeah. garden district so <laughs> so keep it on there you know this just launched of course you guys have been paying attention to the youtubes the streams i mean have everything been going good you you know everything awesome feedback's yeah, yeah. been good yeah dude everybody seems to love it we've had some really good name streamers that have been playing the crap mm-hmm. out of it and for no other reason other than just they really seem to be liking it and that that feels really good yeah. that's cool you know we're uh, we're happy always to be able to I mean, not that compulsion probably isn't, you know, watching that too, but it's, it's mm-hmm. always cool to be able to pass on to them like, Hey, this guy or this girl really, really is digging the game, you know, and all that kind of thing. So it's good. Yeah. I mean the, uh, the word of mouth, um, luckily my job isn't really like review yeah. type stuff. You know, a lot of my mm-hmm. kind of thing is just sort of, you know, the, the anecdotal, uh, evidence or, sh- you know, showing what I've seen on streams and, and then YouTube you know views and things like that but yeah i mean apparently the user reviews like on steam and things like that are are really positive so that's good Mm -hmm. you know people like the game it's a great game you know so that's fantastic yeah it's something we're all going to be getting on board with here but you know as we talked about earlier we all had camping trips and vacations and yeah so we're getting (laughs) back into the swing of the normal life it happens man life Mm -hmm. happens you know that's the great thing that's the great thing about games is like now that the game is out it's out so you know you get to it whenever you get a chance mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's easy exactly but i've been spoiling it for myself anyway i've been uh, and I'll, I'll show rad brad he's a he's a guy out there that does the big let's plays been watching a bit of it on there yeah and all. it does look really yep. cool I'm, I'm digging it so yeah mm-hmm. digging it more and more we've been watching his stuff too mm-hmm. for sure yeah definitely but yeah well i mean i guess that's pretty much it for the show so if you want to plug like your twitters or anything else you're doing that's coming up instagram anything like yeah, that how sure. can people get a hold of you yeah, I'm on Twitter uh, way too much. I'm trying to mm. cut back, I swear. <laughs> My handle is at Joe King, J-A-U-X-K-I-N-G. If you search Joe King, I'll probably pop up, I guess. I don't know. I've never tried it. <laughs> and yeah, Instagram is the same thing. If you follow me on Instagram, that's great. But you're going to have to deal with a bunch of puppy pictures. Mm-hmm. And I'm really not sure why I'm saying that like it's a bad thing because <laughs> it's, it's awesome. So yeah, Instagram <laughs> is a good idea. <laughs> We just got a new puppy a few months ago, and she is on there a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, pictures of her, not her on Instagram, you know, with her little paws. That would be incredibly awesome, because we could, <laughs> we could probably do something with that. Just be like, pictures anyway, of bones yeah. and You've stuff. You've really got me believing that you're a dog, so I'm glad to see you're not, you know, because every time I see anything, it's, it's your dog, and I'm like, this Instagram does, is run by Joe a dog. actually exist? I don't know what's that. That'd be so cool. I am just a, I am a dog in an ant right now. Oh, I saw you down there. Your hands are moving down there, and maybe it's just the dog. Yeah. You know, rrr, rrr. That was my that was my tail <laughs> yeah. down here. I see what's going on. So you should do that for the next Gearbox stream. Just bring her in. Like, hey, here's Joe King. <laughs> oh, it's the dog. yeah. The idea has been floated. Actually, the idea oh, has nice. been floated of. Oh, Joe needs to bring peaches in for the Gearbox stream, and I'm like, nice. <laughs> it's funny because I think like Elisa is actually a giant fan of peaches, but she knows like, I mean, we can't have the dog. We both know we can't have the dog in the studio, you know. But like, yeah. but it, but you can tell there was a look in her eye like, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe? maybe. No, we can't. put a no. diaper on the dog. <laughs> <laughs> Can we? Maybe that's a good idea. Camera three would be know. the doggy corner. She'd have a little yeah. pen there playing. Yeah. It'd be perfect. She has a little desk where she just reports on, like, you know, Animal Crossing or go. something, maybe. I don't know. Well, you that. put, like, a Ouija perfect. board up for her, and then we were paw moves, you know, and then it spells like yeah. She's talking to yeah, us today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it. But yeah, anyway, follow me on Twitter, uh, Instagram, all that stuff. And I, I always love hearing from everybody. You guys can attest. Like, just, you know, 
follow me, tweet me, say hey, and uh, let's get to know each other a little bit. Be fun. Awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure, cool. Joe. We're so glad that you decided yeah, to always, come Yeah, always. Always good to talk to you guys. You know, we, we, we begged you for, what, years now, and you told us no and no and no, and... <laughs> And and you did tell me checks in the mail. I think though on yeah, this one, well, so I'll be I'll be. It should be there any day. Yeah. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Excellent. So um, unless anybody's got anything else, there's nothing else to say. But don't, don't forget, forget to save. Shut up and sit down.